Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I would venture to say there's a lot of folks doing Thanksgiving today. Yeah. Because I know we kind of shift ours over to the old weekend. Mm-hmm. So everybody out there, hopefully you're all thankful for something. Yes, we are actually going to be doing one uh, later after nice. the show. But Excellent. let me tell you, the holidays, they are always crazy around our neck of the woods because Ryan's got like so many family <laughs> yep. members there's you're probably related probably. to them some way or another <laughs> who knows but yeah we typically have three to four oh different thanksgivings and christmases that's so that's a lot to keep up on. it is a lot but i'm really excited i grew up with not a lot of family oh, okay. uh, my family's just kind of all over the place mm-hmm. but it's mostly from the st louis area yep. on my mom's side and on my dad's side they're from kansas mm-hmm. so we're just kind of in the middle, hanging out here all by ourselves yep. in our little oasis. But Ryan's family, it's the complete opposite. They're all around. So he grew up with tons of cousins. <laughs> and I really like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I hope everybody's thankful for things. I realize that, you know, the world is kind of crazy is probably the best way I could say that. But there's still a lot of good, should you so choose to look for it. That's right. And one of the things that I noticed, you stopped by the shop this week. Yes. I was out. I wasn't there. I was somewhere else. But uh, I walked out and noticed there was a fancy, very nice tree in our sunset lobby. Was that your doing? Yeah, it was. I thought it might have been. How was the decoration? It was awesome. I was so excited. Like when I looked at it, and for those that don't know, you might explain it a little bit, but the Santa's angels. So you can come in and adopt a child for Christmas is the way I understand it. Yes. So basically what has happened is we have partnered with Great Circle here in Springfield. We've been doing it for about 15 years now, actually. Wow, that's fantastic. And the gist of it is we want to help provide Christmas to area foster children Mm -hmm. right here in the Ozarks. And many of these children, they have never received Christmas before. They have never sat down and actually wrote a wish list for Santa. It's a very, it's one of my most favorite things to do with the station all year. It is very heartbreaking, but also very rewarding, Mm -hmm. but on both sides. And uh, it's a project that I spearhead here at the station. I oversee it from start to finish. And it's because it's something that I'm very passionate about. Absolutely. So here's what happens. What happens is we get these wish lists from the kiddos and I create these little ornaments. We have uh, angels that represent girls and soldiers that represent boys. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I write on the back of the cards or the ornaments all of the the items that these children would like for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then we hang them up at area locations that decide that they want to work with us. And with you, the listeners, you then have an option to go in, take a look at those wish lists and see if you are able to provide Christmas for one of those children in the Ozarks. And then you go shopping for them. And then you drop the presents off back at the KSGF station, unwrapped, and then we do all of the rest. Oh, wow. You guys will wrap them even. Yeah. And so we make sure that they get a Christmas Mm -hmm. that they deserve. But yeah, it is very heartbreaking because every year I always know that around this time I get very emotional because there's a lot of things that they put on their wish list, the Mm -hmm. children, that don't make it to the ornaments. A lot of the children ask for things like to go to a good home mm-hmm. or they ask to go home for good. Oh my goodness. They ask to see their parents. Uh, they ask to be good 
they were they promised to be good wow. so they can see their family again. My goodness, that's and pretty heavy. It is very heavy, and uh, it, it is heavy after doing 81 children. Yeah. That is how many that we have. Quite a few of them ask for those things, or they say things like, when they grow up, they want to be a good family, mm-hmm. or they want to be a good parent. And then it's really hard to see some of the things that these children ask for. Yeah. And normal eight-year-old kids, they would ask for, I don't know, a video game, game. maybe a skateboard, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. But a lot of eight-year-olds that are on the Great Circle, Santa's Angels trees, they ask for things like sheets, um, towels that they can actually wrap around their body. Mm -hmm. One girl asked for a fake plant for her bedroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, just different things like that. So... I really love this program. I love being a part of it. I love helping Great Circle. I love doing it every single year. And I'm so thankful that A1 Custom Car Care has decided to help us out once again this year. You guys have always been amazing uh, sponsors of the Santa's Angels Trees. So I kind of get to see the other side of it more often where the folks are coming in to get the ornaments and, you know, basically adopt a child. And I see and meet and get to talk to some of the coolest people. I mean, they really, it's a bright spot, essentially, for them and us. A lot of times they're not customers. They're coming in sheerly for that, which is awesome. So I get to meet some new people. And then, you know, I see and have read them and and have adopted children over the years. Um, We often run out, which is great. That speaks so much about the Ozarks here. And... Uh, I see folks coming in even later in the year still wanting to adopt children. So if this is something that, you know, you want to do or interested, A, I would prefer or encourage you, I guess, that you probably should do it sooner than later and get it here to the radio station so they know. And if you do decide to adopt one, you had better see that through because nobody else will be there to be able to pick up the torch if you can't or don't or won't. Um, You know, life happens. If that does happen, I encourage you to bring it back, and I assure you somebody will make sure that that child is taken care of. Sarah, I have a question, though. Sure. Because I can't ever just do, like, I don't want to say I'm an overachiever by no means, but, like, if I think a little's good, I'm one of those that thinks, like, a lot is better. Uh So you're right. A lot of what they ask for, in my opinion, are needs versus wants is is how I would categorize it. So let's just pretend here for a minute. Say I, I adopt a soldier and an angel and they have, you know, usually three or four to maybe five things on a, a mm-hmm. list. What if I want to do more? How does that look? Do I just stick to the list? Or if I think, oh, it's a little boy and I have clearly gotten what's on the um, ornament. If I want to bring some extra items, is that acceptable? It is. So there's a couple different ways that you can do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who like to donate a little bit more Mm -hmm. for their specific kid, they typically will purchase like clothing items for Uh maybe like warm gloves or Mm -hmm. warm socks. Typically on the card or the ornament that you get, there is sizing on there. Excellent. So we do have a lot of people do things like that just to make sure that they for sure have Uh those warm winter items or there is another way that you can do it you can either get another kiddo off of the tree Mm -hmm. or if you just want to purchase uh, extra items you can go ahead and do that and whenever you drop them off at the station say i don't have a a kid for this Mm -hmm. i just wanted to purchase some other items so 
I want these to just be kind of extra items. And then what we do is we have like kind of an extra pile. Mm -hmm. And then whenever Great Circle comes by to pick up all of the gifts to make sure that they go to the area foster homes and the foster parents, Mm -hmm. those extra items will be uh, handed out Mm -hmm. to the kids that need them the most. So that's, that's how awesome. that works. How, how often do you guys see that with folks coming in? Is it pretty regular? Or kind we of do. Sparse? Actually, we already have had a couple of people bring in some extra board games. Oh, they, yes. Yeah, they went ahead and they purchased board games, but they bought like five of them. Fantastic. And they were like, hey, these are just extras. Can you make sure that somebody gets those? So they are in our extra pile. And uh, every year, and I wish I knew the listener's name, but every year we have a gentleman who brings in extra soccer balls, volleyballs, oh, wow. basketballs, and he brings in like a whole bag of them. That's cool. And so we also are able to distribute those as well. Well, and you're very in tune with this. So like, it's not like it just goes off to somebody and, you know, they just put it here and yonder and there. You're going to know where those need to go as far as any of those items. Exactly. Yes. And the first thing that we do is so, for instance, the gentleman who always brings mm-hmm. in the extra balls, we do have quite a few children that ask for, you know, a basketball or a football mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, we go through the the wish list here at the station and see if any of the children that requested those items, maybe they didn't get one. Maybe uh, one of the listeners decided to purchase one or two items off the list and that item didn't make the cut. Sure. So then we'll just go ahead and throw it in their bag and call it good. But if not, then Great Circle then knows who exactly to give it to. Mm -hmm. Man, that's fantastic. So you have been a part of this for many years and you have really made this yours essentially and it's so awesome to be a part of that i know um, there are several locations here in springfield we're one sounded like maybe anchor tactical is going to be another one yep and that one's off of campbell okay we have crown power and equipment that is off of chestnut and kind of close to glenstone Mm -hmm. you can't miss them they've got (laughs) now i'll tell you they've got kind of a funky driveway so if you are headed uh what is that eastbound Yes, Does, it would yeah. definitely be east. Yeah, if you're running in east, then uh, you got to be careful so you uh-huh. don't miss it. But they, the best way to know where Crown Power and Equipment is, is they have got the orange Kubotas uh-huh. all kind of lined out around their driveway. So just look for that. Sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> yeah, you should go in there. And then finally, we have Green County Freight and Food Sales, which is off of West Kearney Street. Mm-hmm. It's kind of close to West Bypass yep. there, but you can't miss it. Uh, on the north side of the road? Yes. And they've got the the red roof. So Mm -hmm. you cannot miss them. So those are our locations. We also have all of that location information up at ksgf.com. And real quick, before we go to break, one thing that we have people ask us all the time whenever they decide that they want to do Santa's Angels is, is there a deadline? And there is. Mm -hmm. That deadline this year is Thursday, December 15th. Those are the days that we need our presence back here at the station. Our station is located at 2330 West Grand Street. We're close to City Utilities and Knights of Columbus. In fact, one of the best landmarks to look for is we have a radio tower Mm -hmm. in our backyard. So kind of look for that as you're heading on Grand Street. But that's just a little bit about Santa's Angels. And you can find all of that information housed at ksgf.com. Dustin, we got to go to break. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. We've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I got a story for you. Okay, I'm ready. And I kind of, I don't want to admit this, but I kind of broke down a little bit. 
while I was out hunting. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, I finally took some time and I slowed down. Uh I have plenty of time off. And so I finally took a little bit of it. And normally I take time off to work at home. You know, those like staycations that cost you a lot of money and you renovate and do stuff. Well, this one, I was going to do that again, but thankfully my lady, Stacy, pretty, I don't want to say she like told me what to do or nothing, but she's like, yeah, you need to go and do something, not just stay here and work. So she kind of put her foot down and I, I graciously appreciate the fact she did that. And so she had some family or we have some family up north by uh, the state line at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so they were gracious enough to let me come up and hunt on their farm. Beautiful farm. Absolutely amazing place. And deer everywhere, so it was fantastic. I do my hunt. I end up getting two deer, so that was super awesome. Hey, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Took it to uh, your neck of the woods, to the Shrocks. Oh, very nice. And they're doing all the processing for me, so that worked out great. But where I need to pick up story time is, is it is like, well, it's in the teens. It's super windy, very cold. It was brutally cold. I got my old 7.3 diesel up there, so it starts, thankfully, in the cold weather. I don't know if you've been around diesels much, but the older ones don't like to start. So went ahead and started. I had packed up. I was leaving. I made it just out of sight of the, the house that I was staying at, and the truck kept running, but I heard kind of a little snap, and I was trying to shift it out of overdrive into tow haul mode, and I lost all throttle. I lost the alternator output, and I basically went to a static idle with no ability to accelerate, pulling a trailer in the very cold weather. So I was not uh, not really prepared for that. It was early morning because I wanted to get the deer to the processor. And so I get off of the road. It's an old two-lane country road. I get off of the road kind of down in the ditch. I am not overly prepared with equipment that I normally would have. And so I'm trying to figure out, and I bet at least every other car that drove by stopped and asked if they could help. Oh, that's nice. That was a big thing to me. And everybody wanted to help, but the days of being able to do roadside service are getting much more difficult. You know, unless it's a flat tire, you know, you're more often than not, unfortunately, I mean, if you're out of gas or something like that. Um, going to be able to help them. And I was not out of gas. The truck idled. It just didn't have any throttle response. And I had obviously been there and was thankfully subconsciously kind of paying attention to what had happened. And I realized that the moment I tried to shift it out of tow haul mode, that is when it had happened. Well, I didn't have a test light or a voltmeter with me, so I could kind of run through the fuses And that made it a little more challenging. So that's going to be something, uh, you know, we talk about preparedness and adding to your your, uh, arsenal quite often. I also didn't have extra fuses with me. That was the other thing. And so in about 20 minutes or so, I had run through. um, What I did in this instance is I always, in my EDC, my everyday carry, I carry a flashlight. No matter where I go, whether I go to church, whether I go to the grocery store or a deer hunt, I've got a flashlight. So I was able to run through the fuse box and shine it through the the plastic part of the fuses. And I finally did isolate a fuse that I found was blown. Old Google stepped in and helped me and gave me the diagram so I knew what fuse it was. And I was able to get it changed. And then as well as since I didn't have a spare, 
I was able to pull a fuse out of, I believe it was the left front low beam headlight, which I wasn't needing at the time, and slide it over, and I got my alternator, I got my throttle back, and I was able to continue down my uh, trip home. Now, I did stop and buy a bunch of fuses. Now, I have extra fuses. Um, they did not have a test light or voltmeter where I had stopped. I think it was tractor supply. So those will be in the truck here shortly. But mainly, I wanted to kind of just bring people along with that process because it even happens to me. That truck's got 445,000 miles on wow. it. It has been an absolute trooper, and I plan to keep it forever. But things happen. I have driven that truck for years at this point. I had been in and out of tow haul mode all the way to Trenton, Missouri. Did fine. Didn't have any issues. Just so happens. And I don't know whether it was cold related or that fuse just finally had had enough and gave up on me. But something as simple as that can leave you stuck in a frigid, in this case, temperature. So every time that that happens, I try and learn from those. Like, it wasn't a pity party. It wasn't like, oh, woe is me. I was a little hacked off about it. I was like, man, this is not a good place to be broken down. And I was pulling a big trailer uh, with my four-wheeler and the deer on it. But it's one of those things that happens. And the better we can be prepared to deal with it, um, you know, if I hadn't been able to, you know, work through that on the side of the road, I would have had to call a tow truck for the excursion. I would have had to call somebody else to tow the trailer because they're not going to tow them both at the same time, typically. I know you can, but most services aren't going to do that. And I was like 290-some miles from home, almost 300 miles from home. So that was quite a spot to be in there. No kidding. I was sweating it a little bit. My ego was on the line there that I was going <laughs> to have to get it fixed. You know, I kind of felt like uh, MacGyver a little bit. You know, he could fix things with, you know, nothing. And I do carry a toolkit, air compressor, jump box, all that in the truck all the time. So it wasn't like I wasn't as prepared as normal, um, but I hadn't added a test light or a voltmeter or extra fuses, which in hindsight, I probably should have had that. Some of my other trucks, I carry some extra fuses and I do carry actually a, uh, a powered test light in one of my other trucks. But I will bring that out full circle to all of my other vehicles that I take trips and work and do different things. Um, but that was quite a deal, Sarah. Man. Yeah. It could have been a real bad it weekend. I was I was bumming a little bit. I, but, you know, I kind of continued to go through my rational, you know, just look, this is a problem. Let's figure it out. And thankfully, between my phone. Now, back in the day before we had smartphones, I would have really been in, in kind of a spot because I wouldn't have known what fuses did what. And it was actually an ignition um, fuse that was blown. And that's why I lost the alternator. That's why I lost the acceleration of the truck because that was all off of that single fuse. So that was quite a deal. Wow. What a mess. I know. But we got it fired up, like I said, 15, 20 minutes. Several Good Samaritans stopped and asked. That was, you know, if nothing else, that experience right there was like, hey, there's still a lot of awesome people. And I guarantee, you know, had I asked something of one of them, a ride, a phone call, whatever, I would have more than gotten it. I mean, just they're the salt of the earth, great farm community, um, just really good people and sincerely wanted to make sure that, you know, whoever was stuck out there had some help if needed. So 
I was in pretty good shape. I was able to work through it, uh, learn from it, share it with you guys. Um, if you're ever in that instance and you're mechanically inclined, I urge you to learn from each one of those experiences. That's why I carry extra jacks. That's why I carry air compressors. You know, I try and cross off the most common roadside issues. And more often than not, it doesn't save my butt personally. I mean, typically employing uh, them to help somebody else that's stranded. So I'm a big believer in karma. I think you reap what you sow. And I have stopped and helped a tremendous amount of people over the years. And it was nice for folks to, you know, just kind of check on me as I was stuck there. I encourage you to be as equipped as possible for your skill set. Obviously, I've been a master certified technician for almost 20 years at this point. Not everybody's going to be in that boat, but the more prepared you can be, the better. But we're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah and I are going to step into this and then field some of your questions after the break. Complete Car Care Solution A1 Custom Car Care All right, welcome back. We're about halfway through the show. We always try and do some of your questions at this point. Sarah, it sounds like maybe you've got one or two over I there. do. So I have been driving one of our station vehicles the last couple of days. We've been very unfortunate with vehicles, the husband and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my husband's truck in to the shop and yep. we had some moderate repairs yep. that we needed to do and then of course i mentioned it i don't know it was about two weeks ago yeah. i decided that i was going to go hunting early <laughs> yeah, with my did, car you? and yes. you got one i did boy howdy did i so my car has been at the auto body shop so been dealing with that so i've been driving one of the station vehicles mm-hmm and one thing that I have noticed, I really actually enjoy the way that it rides. It's kind of like driving a tank, uh-huh. almost. It is a it is a nitro. Oh, yeah, a Dodge Nitro. Dodge. You do like the Dodges. I, you, yeah, you I am a Dodge, Dodge fan. Uh, yeah, I know. Which I guess that's not a bragging thing <laughs> in the automotive industry. It depends. If you get a good one, uh, I've always had really good luck. Yeah. I've I've always had good luck. Knock on wood. So. I have been driving a Dodge Nitro. Now, one thing that I've noticed, especially with the colder weather, Mm -hmm. is the tire pressure light. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how many times I have put air in my tires. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if I have went ahead and put air in it. The light will go off. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit later, it'll come back on. But instead of staying on... Mm It does a flashing motion. So what does that mean? So typically we got two things going on. When it comes on solid, most of the time for most manufacturers out there, you have a low tire, Mm -hmm. which you've experienced. When it flashes, that's a signal issue that says, hey, it sends small radio frequencies from inside the tire. And typically it's the valve stem to one of the receivers in the car, and then either you get a tire pressure reading, which I really like, I think that's a great feature, or you get a light. And when it's flashing, there's a small little watch battery, for lack of a better way to explain it, inside each one of the sensors. I would say intermittently, you're getting a weak frequency, and that's why it flashes. So our machines will go around and check each sensor. It kind of sends a frequency into the tire, and then we get a frequency back. It will actually give us an indicator of roughly what the battery life of that sensor. So more than likely, anywhere from 6 to 8, I've even seen them go as long as 10 years, those batteries essentially wear out and die over time. So if you get a blinking light, typically it's a loss of frequency. Sometimes there's a relearn that we can do to, to fix that. 
And then sometimes when I get the feedback from the sensor, the battery's so weak that it's pretty much done. But I would say you're in need of sensors in the station. Okay, vehicle. so nothing serious. No, nope, nothing serious. Oh, I've been checking the, the tire pressure, so I've That's been on top awesome. of that. That makes a big, big difference, as well as I know we've talked about this a lot with tires, especially this time of year with the fluctuations in temperature. Mm-hmm. If you have nitrogen-filled tires, you won't experience as much of a fluctuation. Most of you out there listening have regular air-filled tires. And for, if my memory serves me well, for every 10 degree either decrease or increase, the tire pressure will fluctuate 4 PSI. So if you air it up to, say, let's do easy math, 34 PSI at 50 degrees, and it drops to 40 now you're down to 30 psi so it will fluctuate quite often and we see a lot of tire pressure monitor lights around this time of year yeah i figured that was probably what was Mm -hmm. going on i noticed that it does a lot more flashing in the morning time whenever Mm -hmm. i leave which it has been very cold in the morning uh, because i usually am up at the butt crack of dawn (laughs) yes you are (laughs) and so i figured that's probably what the case okay so that is good to know Mm -hmm. uh we do have a listener question okay they would like to talk about the undercoating for vehicles, like what's the preference, fluid, film, primer, etc. So there are a lot of products out there. Now, I am from here in the Ozarks. I was born in Joplin, Missouri, so definitely a local fella. However, when I was in kindergarten, we moved up to the southern part of Michigan and the northern part of Indiana. Now, if you've ever spent any time further north than where we are here at the the uh, southern part of Missouri, you'll notice the farther you go, the more corrosion, rust, and the less your vehicle will last you. And I saw that to the point, my dad was a dealership technician when I was a kid, Sowers Pontiac Cadillac. I can still remember the dealer that he was at. He was in the paint body section and he would have to fix rust on Cadillacs under warranty. You're talking like year old cars that were already rusting and the paint was starting to flower off them. Can you imagine paying 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars and living up north and having the rust and corrosion eat them just right up. Ugh, that'd be awful. I had for a long time and it's still kind of in the family a 98 F150. It was a great little truck. My mom actually has it now. She drives it. I'm doing some work for her here shortly. But I took that up north to a class and you would have thought I drove a 69 Shelby Cobra whatever Camaro up there. Because they don't see, like a 98 F-150 that we take for granted, they're everywhere. They don't see those in any kind of condition, even to the point that it rusts. And if you pick it up with a lift, it will break the frame in half. Yikes. So this undercoating question is an extremely uh, important question the further north you go. So Fluid Film is actually my preferred brand. There are a lot of shops up north that actually schedule seasonally undercoating treatments. Fluid film, you can buy local. It comes in a can. You can buy in bulk. It comes in an aerosol. That would be my preferred recommendation. Now, we don't sell it down here. Undercoating is not really a big deal. But if you've got a vehicle, it does make it a little oily and slimy. Uh, That is probably from the, the working on it side of it. A little bit of a drawback, but it's not horribly bad like some of the undercoatings of old. It does need to do, be done yearly. So just because you get it done once is not necessarily, you know, forever. And then as 
some as opposed to some of the other brands that I've seen, some of them are kind of a wax or an oily or tar material. This is not fluid film. I'm speaking of other stuff I've seen over the years. And a lot of that stuff actually held in the moisture the longer that I saw it on the vehicle. And it, it was actually detrimental because it would hold that corrosive whatever they treat the roads with onto the underside of the car. And even if you go to the car wash quite often, which you should do as well, um, you always see the car washes busy after we've had a uh, snow or a sleet or a, a, you know, a nasty wintry weather event. You want to get that stuff off the car as, as much as possible. So I'm a big fan of getting the undercarriage wash. But if you're going to treat with something, the fluid film would be my recommendation. I have personally, the parts stores, I've seen it in big box parts stores. I've ordered it online. Those are all good, easy places to get. So if you do get it, how do you use it? Well, most shops, and again, we don't do this mainly because it's not needed in this area, nor is it it's extremely messy so most shops that do do it like up north they will schedule a season where they just do under uh under coatings with fluid film for a month or something and they schedule all their customers in they do it they clean up the bay and then they're done with it for the year and they don't schedule any more after that so if you need to get one done you need to check into that as early as possible and it is a good service I'm sure there's other brands out there. There's other treatments that I'm not familiar with, but this is the one that I use. And why do I use it? Well, occasionally I will buy or sell a vehicle or come onto a vehicle and I want to, you know, stop the 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 corrosion as where it is right now. And this really helps to mitigate and buy you some more time. Life expectancy on vehicles really can be hundreds of thousands of miles. Again, my personal vehicles, I've got 445 on one. I've got 350 on another one. Those vehicles, I'd like them to last another 100,000 miles or so before I'm done with them. But in, in the case of the excursion, I'm pretty much going to keep it forever. So I want to keep it in as good a shape as possible. So I will order and I will treat the bad areas typically with some fluid film. The other place, and I don't know that it says it on the can, it might but the other place that I really enjoy using it is actually on my lawnmower itself. It helps to protect it long term as well as it helps the grass not stick to the underneath of the uh, deck and the blade, etc. So it's really kind of just been an all-around good product in my opinion. Hopefully that answers all the questions. Miss Sarah, do you think we have covered the fluid film discussion? I think so. Well, we have to take a quick break. Okay. I have tons of articles that I would like to talk about in the next okay. segment, if we can. Perfect. So uh, let's take a quick break yep. here, and then we'll be right back. Excellent. Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, we've got just a little bit of time. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Um, we just did a segment on basically listeners' questions. So if you've got something you want to do, make sure you text it in. Sarah, you got quite a pile over there. What do you got? I do. We Well, since we took a vacation mm -hmm, last mm -hmm. week, we got to play catch up. That's and right. And we have tons of stories here. Okay. I'll start it with our friends over at Carvana. Mm -hmm. um, now, we had mentioned that earlier this year they had... 
laid off tons of employees, yeah. and they are doing it again. Oh, Carvana announced earlier this week, actually, that they are going to be cutting 1,500 more jobs, mm-hmm. or about 8% of their used car realtors, ret- retailers' workforce. Now, they have already laid off about 2,500 employees goodness. this year. And the job cuts are going to affect employees in corporate operations and technology teams. Mm -hmm. The reason that they did this is because they are citing economic headwinds. So that's a little news from Carvana. Here's another story. Chrysler parents Stellantis Mm -hmm. is recalling 2,800 Ram heavy-duty diesel trucks worldwide for fire risks. Uh Yes. Now, the recall covers 2020 to 2023 Ram 2500s Mm. and 2020 to 2022 Ram 3500 trucks. They say that a buildup of pressure and heat inside the transmission may result in a transmission fuel leak that could spark a vehicle fire. Goodness. Yes, the company has reports of 16 vehicle fires and one minor injury between March and October mm-hmm. that may be related to the recall, but uh, as of yet, they have no crashes. Okay. Now, the recall covers trucks with a 6.7 liters Cummins diesel engine mm-hmm. and automatic transmissions and includes 24 or 248,000 vehicles in the United States. Wow. So if you have one of those vehicles mentioned, uh, definitely check with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and make sure that you get your vehicle in definitely. immediately. Definitely. Another recall. I've got tons of recalls here today. Tis the season. Yeah, tis the season for a recall. Uh, Tesla, for our friends that drive Teslas, they are recalling more than 320,000 vehicles due to taillight software glitches. Mm-hmm. They are... Um, ba, 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 ba. They made the public filing on Saturday, so last week, saying that more than 321,000 vehicles are being recalled over the taillight issue. Now, this is covering 2023 Model S and 2022 to 2023 Model Y vehicles. So if you have one of those vehicles, have that definitely taken Mm. a look at. The taillight software glitch. Hmm. It says that... They purchase, they purchased their their part from foreign markets, mm-hmm. claiming that the vehicle taillights were not illuminating. Oh goodness! So that's kind of what causes that. You gotta watch out for part quality. I mean, we're seeing it even you know from top to bottom. Essentially, you not all parts are created equal, so you better be careful out there. That's right. And my final recall mm-hmm. for this afternoon is for our friends that drive Fords. No. <laughs> yes. No. So Ford is recalling approximately 450,000 2021 to 2022 F-150 pickups in the U.S. due to a fault that could cause their windshield wipers to fail. Oh. Yes. So, and right now, you're going to definitely be using your windshield wipers Mm -hmm. quite a bit as we see those temperatures in flux Mm -hmm. from cold to warm. You're going to have defrost issues and all of that. Uh, Plus, we're going to have a lot of rain. We're probably going to have snow. The persimmons tree told us that. that, that (laughs) We'll see whether it's a liar or not. That's right. Well, you'll definitely need your windshield wipers. So, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, manufacturing issues were found to be responsible for this problem. Now, the act expands upon a previous recall that was issued in the spring that includes F-150s built from January 8th, 
2020 through March 22nd, 2021, but it's now adding trucks manufactured until August of 2022. Now, not all F-150s are included, uh, as some were built with a different motor. Notifications will be sent to owners beginning on January 3rd, 2023, but you heard it here first. That's right. (laughs) But you can also contact Ford Customer Service. And uh, only 1% of the included trucks are estimated to have this defective unit. Mm. So I will make sure to link all of these recalls if you heard one and you thought, oh, man, she went really fast there. Because I did read through quite a few of Mm -hmm. them. But I'll make sure to link them up in our podcast section. You can find all of that at ksgf.com. Click on podcast. Click on A1. um, And the show will be up about 11.05 this morning. So. You can find all of those recalls listed. Excellent. So we have about five minutes. What's been going on around the shop? Well, I I will get into that, but I'd like to add something to this if at all possible. So I was actually, you know, kind of, I always pay attention to the automotive news. Mm -hmm. And GM, you know, they built a bunch of vehicles. And I imagine the rest of them, this is probably not just a GM thing, but... They couldn't finish them because they didn't have these chips, right? Oh, right. So they parked them in all these fields and different things, mainly rodents, got up in there. And so they were having so many electrical issues. So they're actually crushing a bunch of those brand new vehicles. Oh, my goodness. Because they couldn't get the parts that they needed right. to finish them. So you and I could go and buy, you know, anybody out there could go and buy something. So they sat and they sat and they sat and they sat, and that's one of the hardest things on a vehicle is to sit, let alone our little rodent buddies get in there and cause problems. Things seize up. Things don't get used. They don't function like they're supposed to. So unfortunately, a lot of these manufacturers, and I'm sure it's not only General Motors, are going to take a big hit from this chip shorted situation. And I know there's some starting to trickle in a little bit quicker, but still having some big, big problems. So a lot of those vehicles that were built and ready to go that couldn't be finished are literally going to be in the crusher and recycled. What a mess. It's I couldn't believe it. Let alone if it if I had the one to make the decision, I would task a whole bunch of folks to disassemble those vehicles and sell the parts. I need the parts. I need good quality parts. So it kills me that all those good parts that are perfectly fine are just going to be basically ground up into, you know, recycling and not be able to use them at all. So one of those things, I was really kind of bummed out to hear that. And I'm sure we're going to see more and more of that as we go through the years. But your question, what is going on around the shop? Yeah. We probably got hopefully a couple of minutes. But uh It's been very steady and busy with the swing in temperatures. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of things temperature related that as we go from summer and fall, which we had a very narrow fall this year. We really did. It was like I was kind of bummed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like cold just smacks you right in the face. But I think it's going to be a little bit more mild, at least for the short term. So everybody that needs to get ready for the cold, I urge you to get ready. I know I've already been running my water heater for my livestock tanks to keep them good water and not frozen out there. But your vehicle's in the same boat, so you need to check your fluids would be one of the most basic things that I do going into season. Coolant is always the number one uh, offender, essentially, and then battery. So if you've got an older battery, typically like what I consider your run-of-the-mill, you know, economy batteries, 
three to five years is about max you'll ever see out of one. If you step up and buy a better quality, about seven to eight years, I typically see the life expectancy. Now, most of the damage happened to your battery when it was hot outside, but when it gets cold is when it stresses the battery the most, and you will get the slow crank, no crank, you know, won't start, that kind of situation, probably at the worst, most cold, inopportune time. I know that's how it happens to me in my experience. So what I have adopted for our fleets is I check them from time to time. And I know our Honda is got a battery that's about seven years old. So before it leaves us stranded, I'm going to be replacing it probably this week to get it up and ready for winter to make sure it starts good. As well as when I see folks that do that on a more proactive before it leaves you stuck kind of strategy, the alternator tends to last a significant amount time longer. And I'm not talking about infinitely longer. But potentially, yes, I have folks that don't allow their battery to get so bad that it overworks the alternator, and we're running on three, four hundred thousand on the factory alternator. As adversely, I have folks that wait till the battery is bad, and then when I do my starting and charging system check, it has smoked the alternator at the same time. So not only do you get to buy a battery, you get to buy an alternator at the same go at it. So I'm trying to prevent you all from being in that same boat because I know I don't like being in that same boat. Even if I can do the labor at just my cost of time, it still costs big money for parts. And when we're talking about parts, I don't get to keep that money. I got to shell it out just like everybody else. So if I can prevent the heartache and time that I don't have, the older that I get, the less time that I get for sure, that I can just put a battery in, you know, maybe six months earlier than when it would have left me or one of my loved ones stranded, then I'm going to do it because it's not only saving me money, it's saving me time. And right now I will gladly do anything I can to get any time back as possible. So that's kind of what's going on around the shop. Sounds busy. Yeah. Are you ready for the holidays, Sarah? Yeah, I, I we are. And, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have to do a, a, a Christmas mm-hmm. gift show. So we'll put that on the list yep. and we'll have to do a show on uh, buying vehicles for Christmas. Yeah, it is that because, you know, every once in a while, somebody gets a Christmas mm-hmm. present. That's a vehicle. I've never experienced that. But somebody <laughs> out there has got to experience yep. that. Well, we're officially out of show, believe it or Time not. Flies. I know. So if you are out there in radio land, you have a question or comment, you can shoot us a text on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Be safe. Bye. To make my Christmas bright.